Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Featuring the best of the best from today's conversations, observations, and ruminations. Because great radio is still fresh the second time around. Earlier today on the Mac and Bone Show. team and right now the team is the University of Michigan. Woo! That is Rick Flair is a shameless team hopping son of a gun. He really is. Forget the jet flying limousine riding. He's a team hopping son of a gun. Well, he's apparently going to take Jim Harbaugh to Space Mountain here at some point. <laughs> oh my I gotta God. Tell Him you, and Michigan I, are perfect for each other. I, I root for a lot of teams. I'm in the, uh, we're in the same community, the same chat rooms, uh, me and Ric Flair. But he has far past me at every level of this stuff. <laughs> my God, because it's a constantly moving, right? It's constantly going. So His NFL unreal. teams, he did the same thing. Yep. And now college football, he's been all over the place. He used to be an SEC man. Now apparently, he's with Harbaugh Michigan. Apparently, he had a dinner in 1988 or 89 with Jim Harbaugh in Chicago when he was quarterback in the Bears. So he's been a Harbaugh guy through and through. Hence, the Niners to Michigan. But oh, I, have a, I have a question, though. Where was this Flair Michigan stuff the last couple? Was it? Has this been going on for a decade? I feel like now? it hadn't happened until now. I feel like he was but at Georgia not long ago. Was he, was he, wasn't he hyping up Georgia during one of the runs recently? Once the dirtiest play. I thought so. I know he was on the Falcons at one point after leaving the Panthers. And yes. then he was on the hardball Kaepernick Woo! side in our playoff game yes! against them. In here in the, in the after, building. After being Mr. Charlotte, apparently. He's all over the place. I can't even. Bone, seriously, you know how we did that one thing where it was the guide to T-Bone's fandom one time? We put that together. You have to put the guide to Ric Flair's fandom. It is so hard to follow, Bone. It's all about his, his friendships and where they go, and then he roots for that. It's also, whoever's paying him the most amount of money. At no, that's another factor, too. You know he's been paid by some of these teams. Yep. Get out there and cut these promos on their behalf. It's annoying, and um, Bama Mac hopes that Bama sticks at the hardball. And then I wouldn't mind Jim Harbaugh coming here to coach the Panthers, and then I'd like him. I'm, I'm, I'd oh, like, that's the I'm thing. No more, I'm no less complicated than Ric Flair, am I? If Harbaugh comes here, does that mean Flair comes back? Oh, gee, all son. Flair, Flair going to lobby to get back on the Jumbotron? <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Mac and Bone with his stuff's complicated. The playoff deal, Ric Flair now, who he's a fan of, why he's he a was Michigan on this, fan. It's all complicated, I Googled, Mac. He was on the sidelines of the SEC championship game as of 2018, wooing for his Georgia Bulldogs. Oh, my God. So five and years that, ago. Yeah, I mean, that, they, it might have been even sooner than that. I'm just Shameless, reading. man. Seriously. Um, anyway. Also let's, was a Ohio State fan at one point and a big fan of the then Cleveland Indians. <laughs> and then you hear about a random one. It's like Ohio State used to be in there. Yeah. What the flair? You are confused, man. Yep. See, Chicago, I know you're taking some shots in the ring, but dang. Chicago Blackhawks. I that, forget who his teams are. Los Angeles Kings. Oh, my goodness. Atlanta Braves was on there recently. This Texas New Orleans Saints and New Orleans Hornets. Oh, my gosh. At the time. Concord Jason says, don't hate on Flair for getting paid. Yeah, you know that's a big factor here, right, Bone? Hey, if you're getting paid to root for teams, where's my money? <laughs> his, favorite ah. his favorite team color is green. Money. <laughs> team money. All right. Let's get into this whole thing with Florida State. And I just want people to know. 
Because Wolfpack James said this show stinks today. He doesn't want to hear this anti-ACC stuff. He's out of here today. Another you could blame your own uh, athletic director there. Yeah, Boo Corrigan was involved. Another texter says, thought I woke up in ACC country. This show is annoying today. So I'm going to tell you that your champion, your hero, is coming to these airwaves in 32 minutes. Colin Hoggard is fit to be tied, man. I don't even think Rickard's mic is going to turn on at oh any point God. today. Here's, my, here's a question I Only, have. He is so mad. He believes it's all about Big Ten and SEC. It's He believes it's all about that Big Ten current, Big Ten future, SEC current, SEC futures, the whole playoff. He believes that's the sole reason why the four have been chosen and why Florida State's left out. And I sense, Bone, a lot of texters agree with that. They think this is SEC getting the benefit of the doubt from the committee and the ACC getting dissed. I have a What's question. your response to that theory? I, I have a question about the defending of Florida State here, right, in the ACC part of this thing. Who's trying to really be part of the dismantling of the ACC? Yeah. Florida State's been trying to leave for a while now. And this may expedite their process even further because they're mad about probably their conference affiliation and their world hurting their chances here. Florida State's trying to wreck the whole thing here. So we're going to support Florida State. That's fine on the surface of this moment here. But months from now, when we find out that they're gone... And the ACC's got to scramble even more. Florida State, State wants to join the Big Ten or the SEC also. Yeah, they don't want to be part of this anymore. <laughs> yeah, they so want to be so in the two conferences. And we, can, we can defend Florida State now, but what's going to happen when they bolt pretty soon? Well, here's another and they, one. And, and they Let's, open up that door. They're going to be the team that opens up that door for the grant of rights. And it's going to open up, and there goes Clemson, there goes North Carolina, and there goes the ACC. Seminole, for various reasons, but they're going to be the ones that try to kick it down. Seminole Lloyd says, you guys have been anti-FSU all day. Not Seminole Bone. See, here's how it started. All offseason, I thought Clemson, I know you're going to laugh at me now, I thought Clemson was going to reign supreme in the conference again. I thought they'd be a college football playoff team. Feel free to insert your laughter. And I thought Florida State was being overhyped. I, it, took, it took me about a month to admit that I was wrong. Matter of fact, it really took me just the LSU game to admit I was wrong. Um... So I really, I thought Florida State was going to be in the playoff. But lately, once Travis went down, I hate it for him. I hate it for Jordan Travis. He's a class kid. I hate it for the players. I hate it for the team. It's not fair. Roman Harper was talking about fair and, and stuff. It's not fair. It's not fair that you lose a quarterback but still win all your games. They're still tough enough and gritty enough, and your defense is good enough to win all your games. But you don't go to the playoff. But we were given... A circumstance that has never occurred before. There has never been five teams with these sort of resumes before. This was, they were, the committee I thought Bone was done in, was put in a hard spot because Texas beat Bama, but Bama beat Georgia. And I thought right there, like, the committee looks at Bama's win over Georgia and, and has to regard that as huge because Georgia won 29 straight games. But then they can't put Bama in and leave Texas out. There's going to be so much backlash because Texas beat Bama head-to-head in their place. So I think they felt like, well, Florida State, they're not the same team without Jordan Travis. I don't even think Florida State fans could argue that. That's part of our guidelines is if a team, it's written, it's in writing, if a team doesn't have a player or a coach and they're not, they don't play as well because of that, that is taken into account. So I think that was essentially a tiebreaker. 
because I think everybody Bone had great resumes. Usually Bone, there are not five great resumes. There are not five one-loss or zero-loss Power Five champs. Are you, they're, they're, if, matter of fact, there's never been that before. If we were sitting here talking about Florida State getting knocked out or, or not included in the postseason – with Jordan Travis still there, we will be screaming with everybody else. No doubt about it. We'd say, oh, my God, how does a team like that with a star quarter? But the circumstances for Florida State changed. So the team that would enter the postseason, whether you agree or disagree, would not be the same team. Yes, so that's, that's I, why I, that I completely is agree their that Florida State should be one of these teams if they were the same team. If, they, yeah, if Travis was there, they would have blown out I Florida. Would be, I'd be on the side of the – I'd be screaming from the hilltops. Yes, the agree. problem is – they also they could they didn't do what Ohio State did eight years ago, and that is take care of business and prove that they were a similar team. And not only did Ohio State prove it, Mac, they got better. With they Gordon went and won the whole thing. Yeah, they did. They went. They, was this Florida State team right now? Are they are they going to go win the whole thing against Michigan? Florida State fans think they have something for Michigan if they would play them. I just I think that's delusional. Like honestly, you guys watched it. Um, this texter says you can't take this week's game. This week was with Brock at quarterback. Rodemaker would be back. Fair, but they didn't look great offensively without Rodemaker either. They would fall down twelve nothing. They have to rally late to win that game in Gainesville. Rodemaker threw for one thirty four, so they were better than they were with this Brock Glenn guy, but still not one of the four best teams. With that guy, with, with you know, without Jordan Travis, I listen I, again. It's unfair. The sports gods absolutely pooped all over the Knowles, man. They did, but the committee, I thought, handled it using their guidelines the best they could. That's all I'm trying to say. Um, this texture says, "What if the SEC champion looked ugly, but won an ugly football game in the SEC title game?" With a backup quarterback, they would be in. What do you say to that, Bone? Because a lot of people have used that. Uh, say that again? So let's say Alabama yeah. was down to their, their third string or second string quarterback, and they didn't look as good as they did with Milrow, but they found a way to win the SEC title game. This, yeah, te- well, this texter big- is saying they would be in, but the ACC title winner is not in. What do you say hey, to that? McFly, there's a big difference here, though. Who would they have beaten in that championship game? They would have beaten the doubt. They would have had the best win of the year, maybe of recent memory, if they beat Georgia for the SEC championship game on a neutral field with their backup quarterback. There's a massive difference. Yeah, you don't need style Georgia. points when you're playing Georgia with a backup quarterback. There's Georgia, point. and there's Louisville coming off the loss to Kentucky. That didn't help either. Yeah, that would hurt them. Louisville's, that hurt Louisville's the last loss did not help. Right now, Mac, I have the point spreads as constructed for. Bama, Michigan. Do you know what that point spread is right now for Bama, Michigan per the Action Network? Bama's favored, I would think. Dead even. Oh, dead even. Okay. Okay. Well, right now, what is Georgia, Florida State? 14, 14 point spread. 12, 12 and a half. Or on this side, anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, right in that neighborhood. I saw someone listed as 14 yeah, yesterday. So. But, yeah, it, it's that's the thing. It's, listen, it's sucks, man. This texter says, this is one of the things Colin was saying, by the way. And again, Colin is the hero that ACC fans need today. I'm not trying to hate on the ACC. I would love, it makes, it's, or, our, our job's better when the ACC's better. But Colin was arguing this point, Bone, here. Um, uh, Mac, it just seems like it's an awful big coincidence. Anytime somebody is given the shaft, it feels like it's the ACC. And that's what Colin was saying. Colin was going to the NCAA tournament and bids and stuff like, he just... I mean, he feel, like Colin's like the whole world. It's 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 ACC against everybody. 
I mean, he's, that's kind of how I, he's feeling this he, morning. I don't think he's a hundred percent wrong. And you want to know who you can blame for that? Look at your commissioner who does nothing. That dude doesn't care. He didn't say anything yesterday. He had his he had his office release a statement. That's it. Like, dude, the guy the guy is a pushover. He's a loser as a commissioner. Like, the guy is not going to do anything for your conference. Where was Sankey Mac the other day? He was out there cutting a wrestling promo. Oh, doing my the, God. Doing the Sankey leg, you know? <laughs> you don't even have to be like that, but at least stand up for your conference. Like, dude, you got a coach that just looked devastated, that won your conference, and you're just like, ah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess basically you got to you gotta – you got to put on a show for your constituents, I guess. But it ain't going to do any good. It's like arguing to a ref after he made a call. <laughs> I, guess, I guess it does the same thing. You're trying to get a call later in life. Um, I, I, I just, it's tough, man. It's, it's freaking tough. It sucks. I hate it for Florida State. I'm not trying. This guy says, Mac and Bone uh, made it a point to come on the radio today and stir it up. They're tired, of Panther, really. they're tired of Panther talk. So they figured out, if we can make all ACC fans that hate the SEC mad, we've got ourselves a four-hour show. If you were on it the other side of the It has been better than argument. talking about the Panthers. It, it has been. And, and, my, and my college basketball team that's right now <laughs> in the But here's the uh, thing. The if mark. you were on the other side of the argument, there would be Bama fans that would be crazy. This, this is just a polarizing time. That's the most Someone excited. Someone was going to be bad either way. Yeah, that's the most excited I've been to watch the playoff reveal show ever. <laughs> it was the I've toughest decision ever. It was their toughest decision. And one of their last hard decisions, really, quite yeah, frankly. Now, it, now we'll have 12 teams. And I, I firmly believe if it's a 12-team playoff, I bet Florida State would have got moved down further in seeding. Yeah. Because they only dropped them one spot. But I feel like they would have moved them to six or something if it would have been, you know, seven, if it would have been a tournament. Here's the other thing, tournament. Too. Some people, like, want to play the game of, well, Bama barely beat Auburn in this matchup. Well, Florida State also, at full strength, barely beat Boston College. So if you want to go further back, we could play that game all day with all these teams. They all have somewhere along the way a close encounter against a team. You say, how did that happen? We we thought, they almost lost to Miami yeah. with Miami's backup quarterback. Yeah, they, they have their they own did. issues along the way, too, when they were healthy. That's so true. we could play fair. the game all day long That's here. Fair. I mean, to me, it's just it's just about the injury. And it's about the fact that, again, Hell, Duke if, might have, if Riley Leonard was healthy, who knows how that game goes against four. Oh, look at Duke that? Bone showing up, Duke, baby. Duke was in that game until the until Leonard went out of game. I actually think not? Duke would have been the playoff if it wasn't for Riley Leonard's injury. See, I, I agree on that, too. <laughs> <laughs> um, this texter says. Actually, he's not my guy anymore, so whatever. Uh, this texter says, I'm pissed off about what Roman brought up. I'm a diehard Georgia fan. You put the best four teams in, we should be there. This was Flown. Flown yeah, started with it. Yep, yep, so yep. Flown, you would have put in who? I, I would have, and I thought, I honestly thought the committee would do this. It would be Michigan, Washington, Bama, Georgia. Those are your four best teams. If we're if we're being real honest. Oh my here. God! I think we would have seen Collins' head explode. Because I, on the I air think if that would happen. I think Georgia would absolutely smoke Texas. I don't think that would even be a game. Especially after this loss to Bama. Oh, man. Texas would be in here's, for a butt kick. Here's why I thought if Georgia would have went, I would I would have been outraged by it. Because Georgia's a one-loss team like Texas and Alabama. Georgia lost to the best common opponent, Alabama. Um, they also didn't have to go to Tuscaloosa as well. They also didn't have a conference championship. You have this many teams, Flound, five teams that have this good of resumes, and they all have conference championships, what does the committee tell us? Conference championships is one of those deciding factors when teams are equal. So they wouldn't have a conference championship to lift them up the way Texas would. I think if Georgia would have gone, Bone, a day after losing, 
I, I think it would have that. I think the uproar would have been even greater. Here's what hurt Georgia because if you notice, their non-conference strength of schedule was not. They didn't have one of those matchups, those marquee matchups. Remember, they were supposed to play Oklahoma this year early in the season, but when Oklahoma and Texas joined the SEC. They moved it because the next the return matchup was going to be played while they were both in the same conference. So they moved Oklahoma off the schedule. So if, if Georgia had Oklahoma on the schedule, Flam. how would that change? Flam, stuff? Listen to this. What if Georgia would have beat Oklahoma in the non-conference if they if the SEC didn't choose to oh, cancel that game? Oh my God! And that's the team Texas lost to. Oh, but I then mean, Georgia's oh, case oh, over Texas would have been oh, even crazier. Booger McFarland may have hit uh, Greg McElroy with a chair because remember, <laughs> Matt, I mean, when my we looked God. at Georgia's schedule, we said, why does Georgia not have a game they would often play now? They play they play Clemson open next season in Atlanta. Where's where's Oklahoma's game? It's because they had to move one out of there and add another. If they would have played that game and beat Oklahoma, it would have added another dynamic to this thing. This texter says, this is why we should stay at four teams. I am not mad at you guys, even though I root for an ACC team. I just think it's been an entertaining show. These debates are what are unique to college football. I think the I, expansion isn't the problem. It's it's the number, right? If they were at six or eight, I think you said, because if they were at six, you've got a legitimate playoff field. You would you would be able to answer all these questions. I think I get his point and your point flound. And I used to feel that way. Like part part of the bone. Remember, you and I would have used to argue for four, keep it at four. And I used to argue that the, just what that texter said, like this is the part of college football that's different, right? You have the debate, you have all this. I just think it's going to be a welcome change to get to 12 and get away from this stuff. We'll still argue about so 12, the, 13, and 14. So the debate let's are, just get more people in. Let's have more stuff on the field. You so know, one but, and six will just be all about seeding going forward, right? Because it's the, it's the six. One through six is already determined, right, by the conference championship. Well, no. Isn't it going to be five? Oh, Remember, the Pac-12 yeah. Pac is gone. They no, put the Pac-2 winner The debates, in. Mac, will be the other ones, right, that you're talking about. It'll be now be— But the top four seeds get by, so that'll be part of and it. And what you right? just said is why all these people saying teams should be looking to get out of the, S the ACC. Why would you? You win that conference, which will be so much easier to win than the other two you're wanting to go into. You make the playoffs. It is true because they're staying with five. They're staying with like, five. I would not bids. want Carolina to leave. Hey, Florida State and Clemson, y'all want to leave? The, Feel free. It opens well, the door for other people. Did you see the texter that had an amazing conspiracy theory? <laughs> he says, I'll paraphrase because I can't go find it. But there was a texter that is an NC State fan that said, Boo Corrigan is sly like a fox. He tried to keep Florida State out in hopes that it will drive them out even quicker from the ACC, and it will be easier to win that conference. Not the craziest thought in the world. I got to tell you, though. Boo Corgan play a chess, y'all. When you watch Boo talk to Reese Davis, did you think Sly Fox? Uh, no, you don't think so? No, I, I thought Dry think. Fox. <laughs> oh, my God. This is crazy. You know, I'm, I'm emotionally spent today, Mac, because I've got teams at both conferences right now. Oh. I'm an SEC guy. I'm an ACC guy. Oh, my God. This texter says. I don't know what to do anymore. <laughs> this texter says, who the hell cares which conference got screwed? I just listened to about an hour of Mac and Bone Radio on a Panther Monday, and y'all didn't even whine about the Panthers. What a beautiful time to be alive. Yep, this chaos got us a little distraction. Bit, yep. uh, distraction. Listen to Mac and Bone every weekday morning from 6 to 10. Instant replay continues with more in a moment. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. You're listening to 
Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. Because great radio the second time around is always twice as nice. Earlier today on Charlotte Sports Today with Jeff Record. The man who originally came up with the entire fly in the ointment process dating back to the late 90s in the college football mythical national championship to the college football playoff to what we have now joins us on the body works plus guest hotline the one the only tim branda timmy how are you this morning hello jeff you knew the the mouth that roared was ready to go huh there was only one person i needed to hear from when i saw that yesterday and that was tim brando and i'd have gotten a hold of you earlier but i was involved in covering the nfl understood understood well Honestly, covering the NFL seems to really aid and abet anyone commenting on college football because yesterday, the only one that got it right, the only one with any guts and integrity on that set when discussing Florida State's being left out was Booger McFarland. Nobody else had the the courage to not cower uh, while Herb Street was going through his uh, denigrating diatribe about uh, Florida State and and why Alabama should be in. It was... um, Really sad to watch. And then shortly thereafter to see the tweet he put out or the X post that he made uh, with a sort of a sappy, syrupy, gee, I feel bad for those kids in Tallahassee comments. It it fell very short and uh, exceedingly disingenuous to me. What do you think Kirk Herbstreet's opinion would have been? This is all hypothetical. Let's say Ohio State had beaten Michigan, but they lost their quarterback in the process. How did that, How would that have gone? Well, well, in Alabama, what if Milrow? What if you know? And, and, and you know, he, he he can say that, but we know that won't happen. You know, it's easy to just throw it out. Okay, I think the one he used in his post was um, was Washington and and Penix. Um, look, we saw Florida State play. Was it three games? Two games? They they had to go to the swamp. A lot of people thought they'd lose that game. They didn't. They found a way to win. Then the second team quarterback is in concussion protocol. They're down to number three, and they're playing Jeff Brom's Louisville team, an offense, by the way, that's um, that's pretty salty and, and explosive at times. And you knew they had to be in a bad mood after dropping that game to Kentucky, so they had to be motivated, and, and their defense uh, played remarkably well. Um, you know, and to just say because it's a better matchup, that, that's the thing, to say, well, you know, and, and by the way, Alabama is, you know, a better matchup for Michigan. We all, I think anybody that loves football, knows football, can easily say, gosh, you know, how are they going to defend Jalen Milrow? Yeah, that's a better game to watch, all right? And, and all of us that are broadcasters want better games and greater matchups to call, okay? But when discussing the way the college football playoff protocol is handled, to just throw up the criteria factor again. Listen, we all knew why that last thing in there about key players being uh, out was put in. It's not a rule. It's part of the criteria, which, which was cover for corruption by the college football playoff from the moment it began. That's why it's an invitational. That last little piece of criteria that you know everybody brings up, but it's part of the criteria. It's part of the criteria. That was all a part of the grand scheme by the committee, all right, to just say, in the event things don't work out the way we want, we'll just by God invite whoever the hell we want to invite. 
<laughs> I mean, that's why it was there in the first place. That's why I called it corrupt from the beginning. Um, and this is an example of that. And, and by the way, to use uh, uh, liberty getting in the New Year's Six over, over SMU, like, oh, gee, isn't this a nice little bone that they threw? So this is a this is a Power Five champion. This has never been done before. They went thirteen and oh, I've always said this, Jeff, and you've been in the business of broadcasting games too. We all want the best matchups. Absolutely, we do, and I'm sure Kirk does, and I respect him. He's a damn good broadcaster. He's earned the right to be the the lead voice at ESPN for college football. But in this case, his judgment in that particular forum, was way out of line, okay? As broadcasters, none of us have the right to, to say, this is, the, this is the one we want, therefore this is the one we should get. No, Florida State may not match up as well with Michigan as does Alabama. But by God, as broadcasters, you, you take what's given and you go do it. And it wasn't just that selection show that I watched. I watched... The game day show, the, you know, the day before, I watched um, uh, McAfee show when he had Sankey on. They had the commissioner of the SEC, who, by the way, did you know, a marvelous job for his league. No one may have cared or watched. The fans may not have cared, but he was speaking directly to the selection committee when he was poised to not just talk about Alabama's justification, but also Georgia's. Like, we, we should get two in. And here's why, regardless of who they played non-conference. Those guys all knew that because of the strength of the SEC's uh, metrics that, that they would get in over Florida State's metrics because they're in the ACC versus the SEC. You know, it's easy to just throw up that graphic to justify it. But 13-0 and is 13-0. and The other team lost a game at home to Texas. I mean, I don't care when they lost it or how teams evolved. You're supposed to take in the entire season, and 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 Alabama lost at home. So, I mean, obviously they were going to have to take Texas, and the only way Alabama, I mean, the only way that you could bring Alabama in is if you brought Texas in. So that that helped them out. Mm-hmm. But uh, did anybody ask? Did anybody ask the commissioner of the SEC this question? Hey, back in April, you decided to only play eight conference games, not nine. Uh, was that of any concern to you with regard to a team being on the fringe for the playoff? Nobody even asked that question. Okay, it didn't even come up. I mean, that's like a Joe Biden press conference. Nobody asked the question that needs to be asked because the SEC can get away with whatever they want to get away with. Everybody else plays nine. Uh, they play eight. Well, the ACC still plays eight, but but the Big Ten plays nine. The the, the Pac twelve. Nobody asks the questions that matter. And um, in this particular case, my view of it is um, they they chose power over integrity. College football's integrity was damaged tremendously yesterday, and the only one willing to say it was Booger McFarland. Nobody else. 
Yeah, and, and you and I, we're speaking the same language. And, and again, I just make the point, which you kind of did early on in, in this conversation. Like Alabama, for example, had they lost Jalen Milrow in the third quarter and gone on to hold on and beat Georgia yesterday, they'd still be going. With one Absolutely loss in a conference championship, Absolutely. they'd still be going. Absolutely. And that's our Absolutely. only point. Not that they don't yeah. deserve to or aren't a better matchup. No. But it's Correct. been you, – you and I both know, and we've been talking about this for 25 years – a lot of it's been preordained. That's Absolutely. the problem. That's yeah. the problem. And I know, and people will say, well, we're going, and, I, and I, listen, we are going to 12, and I'm excited about the future of the expanded playoffs. But this is further proof, again, why we need a second carrier in the postseason. And I'm going to go ahead and say it. we got to have more than one network in control of college football's postseason narrative. And uh, if that means I'm touting the company I work for, I don't give a damn, so be it. Call me whatever you want to call me, okay? But this was a direct indication of basically, you know, championing the cause of the one that pays you the most money and can make you the most money. And that's what this was about. It was about money, power, greed, and forget the fact that that team in Tallahassee went 13-0 and and chose to play an LSU team in its non-conference schedule that they beat uh, and, 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 and should have had their back, and they beat them, and they dominated them in the second half. They dominated them. And LSU finished 13th in the country. That's a top 15 non-conference win that they got. When Alabama played their game against a non-conference opponent at home, they lost to Texas. So... <laughs> You know, by any by any stretch, in my view, this was heinous what happened to Florida State and um, selective selective memory is is there with so many people. The lack of context from the media here is pathetic. Uh, the idea or the notion that a team of Florida State's ilk could do what it did in its regular season and be treated this way in a condescending manner on the basis of what? Oh, a narrative that wanted to project that, you know, TCU got in last year and they got absolutely boat raced by Georgia. Do we forget that TCU beat Michigan? Well, how, how come we all forgot TCU beat Michigan? They earned the right to get in the title game. Yeah, bad matchups happen and teams get blown out. College football is an emotional game. So because TCU got blown out, in the title game, this is more justification that you don't put Florida State in. You know, they were floating all these scenarios out that 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 were justifying, in their minds, what had to be done. And then the sad sack post that, that Kirk made with a sad face. Uh, I feel bad for the Florida State kid. Oh, stop. Just stop. A lot of just thoughts and prayers yesterday, Tim. True. A lot of thoughts just, and just prayers say, yesterday. <laughs> yeah, just just say what you believe and get on with it, okay? I, I stopped a long time ago, Jeff, worrying about people getting pissed off. We're in the business of saying what we see and, and giving some, at times, unvarnished truth in our opinion. And when we deliver it, we're going to alienate some people. Uh, Kurt's got to know that as well as anyone. And I just found the whole thing to be uh, a sham. And 
they don't do those shows without rehearsing. Everyone knew where everyone was going. And um, uh, Greg McElroy said three days earlier that it would just be horrible if, if three days, like three days earlier, he said it would be horrible if Florida State were left out at 13 and 0. And yet, boy, he was in lockstep with Kirk, uh, who was next to him. I get that. I hear you. I, I know how it can happen. But, um, you know, at some point, someone had to say something, and thank God Booker McFarland was there to, to do it. And, and this, all this does is fuel the, the fire among fans that uh, all of us that are in the TV business are biased in some way. And, and we shouldn't be. We should be objective uh, every time we go on. And, yeah, if, if some guys go to Alabama, some guys go. We all know that. And, yeah, I covered, uh, and I'm from Louisiana, but I, I've pissed off LSU fans countless times. You know that. Uh, <laughs> I think I've lived through gotta, one or two of those storms, yeah. Yeah, you, you've got, yeah, you've got to be willing to say what you, what you see and what you believe and at some point have a modicum of, of respect for the viewer. That, like, all of a sudden, Florida State's uh, road traveled is just not good enough. Uh, and I don't blame Mike Norvell for stiffing him and not coming on his sh- their show either. I mean, I stayed with it long enough to see if he would, and I'm glad that he didn't. Uh, that, that would be he would have only he would have only looked bad had he gone on that show. Timmy, only- I know you know what I mean when I say I got to run, buddy. But I appreciate you uh, <laughs> getting the poison out, so to speak. That's what we talk about on this show: is getting the poison out. <laughs> I love I'm, you, brother. I'm, I'm cleansed. I'm cleansed. Thank you, Jeff. Love you. Can't wait to talk to you again soon, man. Listen to Charlotte Sports Today with Jeff Rickard each weekday morning from 10 to noon. And keep it tuned right here for more instant replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. The exclusive home of the Charlotte Sports Fan. This is Instant Replay on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNC. Earlier this afternoon on the Kyle Bailey Show. Over 15,000 total yards. Oh! Steve Smith is going to go all the way. 16 NFL seasons. If you see this place, that be my school. Five Pro Bowls and countless memories. When a dog gets an x-ray, they've got that Steve Smith inside their ribcage. Steve Smith is on WFNZ. I up, son. All right, it's been a little bit of a different Monday show. We almost always, 100% of the time, well, that's not true, 99.999% of the time, open Monday's first hour of the show, Talking Panthers. But uh, given the uh, events of yesterday with the college football playoff, we spent a lot of time talking about that in the first couple of segments. I am very much in defense of Florida State. As a non-Florida State fan, I I think it's criminal. We can keep debating this, what happened to them, um, and we will do that. We've got Eric McLean of the ACC Network who called it despicable yesterday, scheduled to uh, join us here in about 35 minutes at 420 this afternoon. We'll talk about all of that, but uh, we we do get around to the Panthers as soon as we get Steve Smith on the line. And the Panthers lost again in Tampa yesterday, 21-18. They had a chance to tie or win the game on the final drive. Bryce Young got a hold of the football with a chance to tie or win the game. Uh, They stuck to, committed to running the football on that final drive, something we saw, I think, a bit more of yesterday. And we'll get uh, into the things we saw with Steve in just a minute. But third down and one, after a couple of productive runs by Chuba Hubbard, you're thinking, I'm thinking they're going back to running the football. They don't. Not a great play call. 
Fourth down and one. Surely they're going to run the... No, they they call bootleg. And Bryce ends up throwing a game-sealing interception against the Bucks. We got Steve. All right, let's bring on Steve Smith, Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst. Smoke, I thought he was talking to Steve Smith this entire time. Steve, I'm sorry for making you lo- wait so long. I thought Smoke was talking to you on the phone over there. How you doing? I'm doing good. Hey, um... Let's talk. I, I'll give you my little two cents of the Florida State uh, air quotes robbery. Please do. I, I, I don't think it was robbery. Uh-oh. You watched that game. I actually watched the football game. Um, Me too. The ACC and, and based off of, yes, you get the win. But based off watching that football game, do you really believe without that quarterback that they will make the playoff game? interesting, good, or even an opportunity to win the football game. I Let's do. be honest. I do. I, 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 I thought that it would have been more than what, possible. What, with what the, quarterback were you watching? No, no, not that guy. Not Brock Glenn. I, I would have been assuming that Tate Rodemaker, the, the number two guy who was hurt for this game, would have been the okay. quarterback a month from now. So what my point was, if you give Mike Norvell, who's proven that he's a good coach, a month, yes, to, pre- a month to prepare with Tate Rodemaker yes. healthy, um, and he, Florida State's got athletes just like Michigan does too. So yeah, I would give Florida State a chance to win that game. I would personally. Okay, that's why they didn't let you vote. No? <laughs> um, listen, I, I'm just telling you the optics. Okay, right perception in it, perception in football, whether we like it or not, is reality. Sure. Right. That's that's the bottom line, and the only reason that the Florida State Seminoles are in conversation is because of their quarterback and because of their quarterback, the original quarterback got who's gotten hurt. You, I personally just football analytic analytics. You, so many people have talked about the air quotes, the lesser teams. When you put those lesser teams in there, they don't show up. And I really believe you look at the teams that were up that, that they've elected. I think they put, I believe, based off perception. The perception is these four teams have an opportunity to make this last four-game, four-team breakdown Mm -hmm. bracket Mm -hmm. more intriguing where you can't predict anything. That's what I believe. Now, people may, you know, go, go in on me on social media and say, how can you do that? It's about this, it's about that. No, it's about perception. The same, and let me transition, the same perception is about height, measurables, and stature at all the positions. You know, when you have a short quarterback, there's doubts. If you have a six foot four, 212-pound offensive lineman, you would say, oh, wow, he's tall, but he's a little bit thin. Is it, you know, can, can he hold up against uh, Vita Vea? Right, a guy who, as as uh, James Lawson said, he's a uh, snack away from being three fifty. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Perception is reality in sports. Bottom line. Did you watch the game? And, it sounds like you watched the game broadcast yesterday, right? Is that what it sounds like? I, yeah, I watched the game broadcast yesterday, and and. What did you think of them? I, I thought those guys were really blunt and straightforward at times. Not in a bad they way. Were. Not in a bad way. Yeah. But I, I thought they just straight up called out what they saw uh, and spared nobody's feelings in doing so. No, they, they they did. And, you know, lack of separation also does have something to do with play design, right? Lack of separation. You know, you can't put, you can't put a guy who runs 6'2 on a go route. 
right, who's around his 40 or 6'2", you don't put him on a go route. You, you just don't do it. And my point in saying that is you're looking at a team right now, the Carolina Panthers, who their record indicates what kind of football team they are. And why are you expecting all of a sudden, because of changing of the guard, all of a sudden things are going to change dramatically. Now, things have changed in a good way a little bit. They ran. They were under center substantially more than one play to to start the game. Uh, Bryce Young did line up at different, you know, alignments. They were. He was able to throw the football under duress. He was able to deliver. Yeah, he got. I think it was what four sacks, but he didn't scramble as much. Still consistently under pressure, but. Delivering the football under pressure when kept clean, I think 42, let's say 43% of the time, uh, out of the 35 drop back passes, he was he was clean. 110 had, I, I believe, uh, seven or eight first downs. So we've seen some progress in changing that philosophy and running the football. But the element of surprise for one team analytic, you would say, why didn't you? Why did you throw the ball? That was that was foolish. But the analytics of that game and based off what they were doing, you element of surprise is this team overall has not moved the pocket much. So that play technically is an element of surprise that we normally don't we haven't seen for a long time in these in week thir- thirteen. So I, I believe it was an element of surprise. It just the surprise was the finish wasn't where you want it to be. Steve Smith, Panthers legend, NFL Network analyst. He's with us on the Body Works Plus guest hotline. Um, Steve, let me see. I want you to take on a criticism or an argument that I get a lot on my text line. I'm curious. I like doing doing this with you. So I've had the the anti-Bryce contingent, let's say, say something pretty consistent to me lately, and that's, uh, hey, even if he's not expected to carry a team as a rookie, um, you know, number one overall picks, game-changing franchise quarterbacks, should at least display elite traits in their first year in the NFL. And Bryce Young's not doing that. I've been getting that a lot lately. That, yeah. What would you say to that? Uh, without being disrespectful? Mm-hmm. Sure. The people who are saying elite traits, I want to see, I would like to see their notebook of what is conce- considered elite traits. Because there were technically, I believe there were two first-round draft picks out there yesterday playing. Yep. Heisman winners, neither one, neither one of them showed, based on the score, elite traits, did they? I didn't see a lot of elite yesterday, so I think that's fair. So, again, perception is reality. The perception is your first overall pick, you should display elite traits. You know, people are tired of hearing about Jared. They're tired of hearing about Peyton Manning. So Jared Goff, how did Jared Goff look when uh, when uh, Jeff Fisher was his coach? Not great. Didn't show any elite traits, did he? I think he went zero and seven his first year under Fisher, if I'm not mistaken, as yeah. a starter. Yeah, it was tragic. Yeah, right. Uh, my my point is is right now the way the football. If you're a bad football team. There's reasons why you're a bad football team. Yes, quarterbacks, first-round picks, supposed to and should over time elevate the franchise. And the franchise should also put people around them to elevate them. 
But like anything else, you don't find out until you get the people in place who can block, who can't block, who can't catch, who can't catch. I'm actually on cut to it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Out of the 58 tar- after the, out of the 58 targeted throws by Jonathan Mingo and out of the 349 plays that he's been in the game, I think I got 22 plays to show what kind of football player he is. And some people may say, oh, you're just doing that, you know, because as I've heard, that, oh, you're under Pepper's um, checkbook, so that's why you're doing it. No, actually, I, I wanted to do it because I'm interested in seeing, you know, in evaluation process, what did I miss? And there's some stuff on there I can tell you right now. I'm like, man, that was a good, that was a good route. But the throw was maybe too early or it was the wrong read. Or, hey, he probably should have did this. So, again, I've told pe- people have told me on my podcast and under the comments, uh, how about you not have given any teams, you know, the Panthers, any advice on who they should draft? You also got to remember, I, the Baltimore Ravens called me. There's an, uh, another, some other teams called me asking me. Detroit Lions asked me about a specific wide receiver. I say, hey, this is what I like and this is what I don't like. So there's multiple teams who have asked me, what do I think of receivers? Because perception and reality, perception is, I was a pretty darn good football player. And since that's a perception, guess what the reality is? <laughs> I can evaluate. So, again, Jonathan Mingo is, I think he could be a pretty good football player. He's not today at this current moment. And there's a lot of players on this field who are pretty good football players. I still had the, the tape on. That's why I say on this field. That, unfortunately, yesterday, they just didn't look as good as you would like them to look. That, that's my personal assessment. That's my humble opinion. Now, again, people sitting at home, I think they should go out there and do some scouting and see how many people uh, will give the, you know, the opportunity to give them a chance to give their opinion and then see where it goes. But at the end of the day, you can evaluate someone really, really good. But if he or the people around them don't work out, then you have to put in account that as well. Mm-hmm. Quentin Johnston, a man and dropped two game-winning clutch oh, passes yeah. Yeah. wide open. So people call him a bust. I don't think he's a bust. I just think that the game is a little bit too big for him right now. And if he was at TCU, he probably would have caught that pass. But unfortunately, he's a Los Angeles Charger. Yeah. So I'm just I'm just giving a little bit. Let's put a little ice in the hot milk before we start trying to uh, scold our mouths and, and talk about how we all know what a good football player is. And I stand on this. The reason I'm saying all this is because I remember 16 years ago when I was in this uniform, there's a lot of people, and still people today, there's a lot of people that were complaining. There's a little short, what do they call me? Short Napoleon complex player will never be anything. 14,000 yards later. The man did all right. The man did all right. Steve Smith, we appreciate it. Even if I didn't, I'm on, I'm, I'm on the other side now, so I'm happy. I'm I'm grateful. 
Well, I enjoy the work you're doing. Always enjoy catching up, brother. We'll talk to you next week. Appreciate it. You've tuned into Instant Replay when the audio was so good, it has to be heard again. Only on Sports Radio 92.7 WFNZ. The exclusive home of the Charlotte sports fan.